Hello, hello everyone, this is Sanji, back at it again with another podcast. This episode dealing with robotics. So, as you have already read the title, then the, the, uh, the two points that I'm going to be talking about this episode are my experience with robotics thus far, and then how I see the future for robotics. So, let's, let's delve into my experience first. So, I joined the uh, FRC team, FRC robotics team, FRC is a first robotics competition, and we have a team at my school, and I joined that sophomore year. Now, the way our team is set up is that there are four sub-teams within our main team, and they all deal with different aspects. So we have the CAD, or computer-aided design team that designs the robot with online software. We have the mechanical team, which physically builds the robot. We have the controls team, which deals with the wiring, pneumatics, and programming. And then there's the MBA team, which works on outreach and fundraising efforts. So I joined controls in this year, my senior year, then I happened to be the uh, controls sub-team leader. So I had a lot of fun this year until it got cut short. Um, but overall, I put a lot of hours in this year. We were averaging um, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday meetings. Wednesday and Thursday both for uh, three hours, and then Saturdays from uh, 9 to 4. And I was pretty much at, like, every meeting. So uh, I, was, I was putting in roughly 13 hours every week plus some time spent outside of meetings thinking about uh, things that can be done or planning what to do. So this season, we, we made a very, very good robot, and we were definitely geared up to do really well in the competition season. We went to our first competition, and we ended up winning, and that was super hype, and we were geared up to uh, keep on winning and keep on going and uh, hopefully c uh, compete well in the world championships. But we didn't realize that our first competition would be the last one of the season. That was disappointing, but I'm very happy that we got that competition at least. So that was a little bit about my experience on the team. I had a lot of fun. Now, now, although it is sad that the journey is over, I'm looking ahead to see the impact robotics will have on a global scale. Now, I believe the future will be robotics, and there are plenty of articles that concur with this prediction. So I came across this article from Wired titled, Rise of the Machines. The future has lots of robots, few jobs for humans. It brings up some good points that I'll discuss here. First, they bring up that research at Oxford University estimate that within the next 20 years, 47% of jobs in the U.S. could be automated. That is a large percentage of jobs that could be automated. It's almost half, just shy of half. While it doesn't mean that they will, it means that they could. And that's pretty much based on companies. If companies 
decide to invest in robots, if they see long-term benefits, then we could see more and more automated jobs. Pretty much the only thing holding companies back is that they just have to weigh the, uh, the cost versus benefit of implement implementing robots within their company. Usually then there's a very large upfront cost to installing a new machine, very expensive machine to do a job, but what would the payoff be within the next five years, within the next 10 years? And how long would this machine continue to produce whatever or do the job that it, uh, it's built to do? So the article later mentions that the most affected jobs are those that are fundamentally predictable. Now, what does this mean exactly, fundamentally predictable? This can include jobs that are, say, repetitive, such as a manufacturing job where you're making the same part over and over again. But it doesn't have to just include lower skilled jobs. Uh, all industries can be impacted, even those which require a professional degree. Let's look at the medical field where, you know, you need to go through years and years of medical school to obtain a doctorate degree. Let's look at a surgeon. A surgeon is, um, is a job that can be seen as fundamentally predictable. It's, uh, they analyze that something is wrong with someone's body and they must perform the correct surgery to fix whatever that error is. If a robot can be built to detect an error in the body, which we already have machines to do so, and then later a robot is built to actually perform that surgery because it is a job that's fundamentally predictable. The predicted outcome is that the surgery is a success, you fix whatever error is within the body, and then the uh, patient walks away or uh, they leave the facility in a better condition. So a robot can be created to do this job of a surgeon with just as much, if not more, precision than a human has. They can be more steady and they don't get tired and they can be designed to have more fine motor skills than a human has. And that's crazy to think about because robots can revolutionize every industry to some extent. And I definitely foresee that in the future, that they'll become part of every industry. So with robots becoming part of every industry, then what about the people that actually build the robots? The humans have to build the robots for them to do whatever task they have. Well, at some point, then robots will be capable of building other robots, which completely pushes humans out of the equation. Obviously not entirely at first, but over time, then humans become less and less part of the process as robots can do more and more. So robots are also capable of performing diagnostics. And if they're able to fix their errors within themselves, that's another step of pushing humans out of the equation as they wouldn't need humans to perform maintenance like uh, we usually have to do. On the robotics team, then um, the, our robot 
usually can detect some errors, uh, especially if it's uh, more computer-based. It can detect errors within that, then you need a human to go fix the code or fix uh, whatever the error is. And also, you know, the actual parts, like some of the mechanisms, then if they break, then we on the team, we have to go build another part or fix the existing part. But if a robot is able to diagnose what's broken and be able to fix it within itself, then there's no need for humans to be there at all. So a quick story on my robotics team, then we were at the one and only competition this year and we were doing fairly well as we ha we built a very good bot. And so we worked our way through the playoffs and we were in the championship match. So this, this match is for, uh, for winning the entire competition. So the way FRC works is that they do a best of three for all playoff games. So we went into the first playoff game and we ended up winning by a pretty good margin. But there's a problem with our robot. There was an air leak within one of the tube fittings. And we had to fix that part while the whole entire staff was rushing us to get back onto the field. And we were frantically rushing to get it done. It was honestly exhilarating. We did end up fixing it and brought our robot out as they're like yelling, you know, get, get the robot out, get the robot out. We need to be in time for the next match. So we ended up getting the robot out. We brought it out, we put it on the field. And then we just sat there because there was a field error. I was like, really? I had to go through this trouble of fixing the robot just to fixing the robot in time just so that we could sit on the field and not actually, uh, you know, compete or play the match. So the problem with this was that usually during regular matches, we take our robot back to, we have this little area that we call the pit where we can, uh, we fix the robot there and all our stuff's there. And then before each match, we perform a functional. And a functional is where we turn on the robot and run every mechanism to make sure it works. But this time with being rushed onto the field, we did not have time to perform a functional. Even with us just sitting on the field, we weren't uh, supposed to go uh, do a functional there. So, uh, me as the controls team captain, then I was the technician on our team, which pretty much meant you fix the robot when it breaks and inevitably it breaks. Or specifically, it broke pretty much after every match. I know I mentioned we built a good robot, but it was definitely prone to breaking. So within that time that we had a field error, then uh, me being technician, I wore a badge, and that means that I could be on the field. Uh, they wanted to, the staff wanted to limit the amount of people on the field so that doesn't get um, crowded. So I was standing there reviewing our robot, and our drive coach was also, was also there, and he told me, take my time and really make sure everything looked good. So the main thing I wanted to check was that fitting that we just had to frantically install. I practically triple checked that just to make sure that there wouldn't be a leak during the game. And so I was mentally checking everything else, but I was really focused on this leak. 
then I realized one of our mechanisms was oriented wrong. My heart literally skipped a beat. It's, um, the mechanism works where it's oriented a certain way before deploying, and then you have to manually switch it back before deploying it again, as it's a one-time use. It was for the climb, and the climb is something that happens once at the end of the match. So it's kind of hard to tell just looking from afar. You really have to look into the robot to see that it's oriented in the wrong way. But it's something that we always look for during a functional, which we did not have time to do this time. So I just stared at it, and then I realized it was wrong. I had to process that this was wrong. And then I switched it back to be correct. My drive coach was like, nice catch. And I was like, Whew. I was so thankful I caught that. Then we finally, uh, the staff finally fixed the field there and we could get into the match. We ended up having a nail biting match, which came down to the very end. The match was very close. Both teams performed very well. It was a, it was a tough battle and the climb, which I mentioned happens at the end which the mechanism needed to work to be able to do so. And we successfully climbed to receive the points that we needed to. And um, it took a couple minutes for all the scoring to process between uh, penalties and processing the climb score. And then after that time, it felt like an eternity. They put the score on the scoreboard and we saw our team won. We were so hyped when we saw that our score was greater than their score and that was match two best in the best of three and our team won the competition it was i was ecstatic then i looked closer at the uh, point difference between the two teams and i realized that we won by less points than the climb was worth we did not win by that many points so the climb was crucial to us winning so I, uh, I feel like I single-handedly contributed to this win here. Obviously, the whole team was a part of building the robot, but that action right there was uh, clutch. So you may be wondering, um, why do I even bring that up? Uh, as I talked about before, the diagnostics. If robots could run their own diagnostics and realize that something like this was wrong before they're set to perform either a match or their job or whatever they're built to do, then again, they're pushing humans out of this equation. So as I bring up the story, it's important to realize that, um, that human maintenance will become less prevalent in the future. So you may be wondering if robots are these great things that can take over all these jobs then what's something that they can't do? Something that robots cannot do, cannot replicate, in my opinion, is sports. You can design robots to play soccer or to play basketball, just like any human can, but in my opinion, it just wouldn't be the same. A robot does whatever it's programmed to do. Robots competing against each other would just be whichever has the better robot would win the match. In sports, in human sports, the better team doesn't always win. And that's really the thrilling part. 
if we always knew who would win, it wouldn't be fun to it would not be fun to watch. The draw comes from all the crazy plays that push the limits of the human body, from the thrilling highs from clutch wins to the heartbreaking losses from defeats. That's really the draw of sports. As as I mentioned before, in uh in playoff games for championship games, the better team doesn't always win. The underdog can come back. The predicted better team could get upset. And when that happens, it's uh it's hype. It's very hype. They always say that it's more than a game, and that's completely true. You can grow to love the players, their unique play style and abilities, and also their influence. All that is something that gets taken away with robots, and because they just produce more of a black and white binary style, and they just do whatever they're programmed to do. They can be programmed to adapt, but again, that's all in their uh, in whatever they're built to run. In sports, then we have coaches who are strategizing about how to best utilize the players that they have to uh, win games. And it's, it's amazing to see um, humans compete and to really see how far or how, um, how much the human body can excel in sports. With robots, then you just don't get that same feeling. In sports, then uh, humans themselves, we can have off days, days where we just don't compete as well, and also days where we're playing at our best, at a super high level. But robots, then they would just play the same, at the same level every match, because that's what they're built to do. If they, they're built to always shoot a basketball in, then it would, unless something is wrong with the robot, then they won't miss. With humans, then some sometimes you know, in basketball, if you're uh, if you're going on, if you keep making shots, you know you're on a hot streak. You're hot right now. But eventually, then you're gonna miss. You're not guaranteed to make every shot. So the message I wanted to leave you all here with is that you should be on the lookout for how robots will automate your industry. But also know that there's some values that just can't be replaced with technology. Learning what those are and developing your skills around something not easily replaceable will be very useful in the future. With that said, if you enjoy listening to what I'm saying, be sure to check out my other podcast on Traversing Teenage Thoughts. Thank you all for listening and be sure to tune in for another podcast tomorrow. Peace out, everyone.